someone rang me up and said, hey, a lady's in hospital with a broken back, she'll never walk again, uh, and there's this horse in the paddock and needs to be rehomed. Every single day for three months, she barked, she read. When it didn't work, she would sit down and lie down on me. And you'd stop, hop off beside her, and when she got up, you'd jump back on and she'd bolt and take off. Didn't give me one day off. And that horse went on to win more show jumping competitions than any other in my entire career. Welcome to Come Along for the Ride, a podcast for horse lovers everywhere. A place where we love to bring consciousness to the horse world. I'm your host, Tracy Malone, and this podcast is brought to you from my home in the Sanford Valley in the northwest of Brisbane, Australia. This land I live on is Waka Waka and Turrbal country. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of this land and to pay my respects to their ancestors, past, present and future. And I'd also like to extend that respect to each and every one of you listening. In this week's episode, I'm thrilled to bring you day three of Equitana Australia's VIP Super Ticket Holder Sessions, where I was the MC for the event. In this episode, you'll hear from Vicky Wilson from New Zealand. Vicky competes at the highest level of show jumping. She starts horses and also does equine therapy. By that, I mean bodywork for horses. In my opinion, Vicky is changing the way people all over the world see horses with what they consider to be bad behaviour with her equine therapy. In 2017, Vicky Wilson was the first New Zealander to win the coveted World Championship Colt starting competition at the Road to the Horse in the USA. Vicky named her horse Kentucky and brought him home. Their journey has an inspiring story of friendship which will take them together into the future. This story you can read on Vicky's website. Vicky went on to win the Road to the Horse 2018, making her the back-to-back world champion of colt starting. Vicky had a load of firsts at the Road to the Horse, but the one I personally love the most is that she is the first person ever to use bodywork on their colt. That's the change she's making to the world of horse people. She shows them how you can take a difficult or non-responsive horse to being quiet and responsive by understanding them and alleviating any pain they are feeling. I watched her help one of the Brumbies in the Brumby Challenge at Equitana and it's a friend of mine and somebody you know from this podcast, Emma Bryant from Equality Equine Services. Emma's mare, even though she'd done a lot of Emmet on it, she'd done beautiful body work and brought this mare up to be looking spectacular she wasn't handling the crowds very well and Emma felt it was that she hadn't prepared her properly but what Emma didn't realize until Vicky Wilson was able to take a quick look at her horse was that her horse was out in the pole she had Vicky didn't have the time to look at her so she sent one of her staff back who did an adjustment on her horse and no sooner did this happen that little Waratah the Brumby was able to go out in front of the same crowds and be able to hear Emma and what it is she was experiencing. What Vicky said was she's got a massive headache and the noise of the crowds making everything worse. So she didn't underprepare her horse. It was a simple bodywork issue. And this is what Vicky brings to the horse world. It's extraordinary. Also on this panel, there is Dave Manchon from the Rooftop Express Show. David has an incredibly entertaining show that he wows audiences with all over Australia. 
He's got a big team of people and a big team of animals, and it's an amazing spectacular to watch. I've seen him and his team a few years ago at the local show here, and it was lots of fun. And at Equitana, it's an extraordinary spectacle that he puts on every two years. It's a show that you really need to see if you get the chance. In his spare time, he's a professional horse trainer with his business, Flex Horse Training. With David on this panel is his little sidekick, Bella Southern, who is nine years old. She's amazing. Wait until you hear how this little chick speaks. She's incredible. Also on this panel, you'll hear from his longtime mate and also a part of his show, Anthony Coots. These guys are a lot of fun, but don't be fooled. They are also very experienced horse people in their own right. Anthony Coots is also a horse chiropractor and they've got a lot to give to those around them. This is another great day and thanks has to go to Equitana Australia for putting on a great event and allowing me to be part of it and also allowing me to record these sessions and share them with you. Without further ado, here's the panel from day three at Equitana. And now I'd like to introduce you to our guests today. So first what I'd like you to do, we all kind of know who you are, but I'd like you to say your name and what you do because I am recording this for my podcast. So you'll be able to get all these interviews that we do over Equitana on the podcast as well. Hi, I'm Vicky Wilson from New Zealand. I show jump full time. I start all my own young horses. We've just set up a rehab centre for sore horses. Uh, and I've competed recently in Road to the Horse in America. Yep, round of applause, guys. This is the second time I've met Vicky, and uh, I really like, uh, we've just judged the Brumby Challenge together, and uh, I like uh, picking her brain and listening to the way uh, she, she does all her bits and pieces. Dave Manchon's my name. Thank you very much for having us. Uh, I'm the director of Flex Horse Training and the Rooftop Express Show. Um, so we've got an entertainment piece that's happening tonight, which we're really excited about. Um, I train horses full-time. I show a lot of cow horses and reining horses, as well as having uh, a lot of different animals in our show that you're going to see tonight. Um, I brought along with me, I guess, one of the rising stars of the equine industry, um, a little, a little uh, cowgirl here called Bella Southern. She's nine years of age from Monto. And I, I wrote the show that you're going to see tonight because um, I just wanted to pay homage to the next generation uh, of the kids that are broadcasting a message about uh, the equine industry. And I was at a show in Monto and I was looking for a kid or looking to source um, someone with some talent or someone who had a really good seat. And Bella caught my eye and I said, who's that girl? And I followed her across the arena and uh, that's how Bella Southern came to be. And of course, uh, last but very not least, um, hashtag best moustache at Equitana, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> this is uh, Anthony Coots. Uh, I'll throw it over to you, Anthony. You can talk a little bit about yourself. Um, you want me to? Okay. Well, this is um, Anthony Coots. is a horse chiropractor and our funny man. He's also uh, ridden uh, cutting horses professionally, and you're going to see him uh, playing up in the main arena tonight. He brings the comedy into the event. He'll certainly make you laugh. We say, if you've got a broken rib, don't come and see the show. Um, so with no further ado, I'll throw it back to you. Great. So you guys have your own disciplines that you do. What I want to hear about is, tell me about another discipline that you really respect within the horse world and why, because we know you're great at what you do. Tell us about what you've seen at Equitana, what you've seen in your experience, and what do you love about other disciplines? Yeah, well, I've been show jumping for a, a number of years now, right to that World Cup level and overseas, and competing at Road to the Horse uh, two years ago, 2017, 
you're really good at uh, fantastic the, how the Western world works because that competition is completely Western and you come back with a real a high appreciation of the sport, of the training and the horses and, and the horsemen. And we've come home and we've really incorporated a lot of the techniques and the training. I personally, for years, when we start our horses, would be more Western than English anyway. I like them soft, I like them light. And uh, that is definitely, I would love to ride a Grand Prix dressage test as well. Every high level, there's so much to learn in every discipline. It's taking every little bit that works for yourself and applying it to your method, your riding, your technique, and, and making it work for my show jumpers, but also for the horses that I start. Okay. Um, I guess for me, what, I'm, what excites me is just any equine event at a high level. I think you can learn something uh, from, from everyone. I, I like to, to rub shoulders with industry leaders. That's the reason why we come to Equitana. Uh, that's how Rob started uh, his introduction today. I think Equitana consistently is looking to raise the bar with what they offer people, and they're always looking to get the top 10% of the industry um, through the gates so that they can showcase what's possible. And I always come away from Equitana a little bit more inspired or a little bit more motivated to be a better horseman. Um, I think your journey as a horseman, they call it a lifelong apprenticeship, um, and that's absolutely true because I, I don't think that you ever, you ever stop learning. Um, I don't think you ever uh, s stop putting more tools in your toolbox uh, when it comes to, to training horses. Um, Belle, do you want to, what, what sort of um, horse events do you like? What are your favourites? Challenging. Just explain to everyone what you mean by challenging, besides working with me. <laughs> well, challenging is when you do a pattern and the, there's judges that judge you on it. You do a few circles and that and see what the judges like about your horse. So a dry work pattern similar to a, dress, a dressage test, but with a western flavour. Yeah. Alrighty, and camp drafting, just quickly for anyone out there that doesn't know what camp drafting is, just uh, wrap that up for me. Camp drafting is when you chase a cow, in the camp is when you make, it goes back and forth and then you call gate, you go out and there's three pegs in the shape of a triangle, you go around one peg, then the other, and then the top one. Through the gate. She's nine years old, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, she knows what she's doing. All I'm going to say is you saw her here first at Equitana, okay? Um, if I understood the, the question correctly as far as what, do you, what are you seeing here that impresses you, I think um, from my perspective to come here, if you came here with an open mind and you can walk through these pavilions and... There's nothing that you can't see here. We're all here, everyone's here, from you know the dressage world to the Western world, um, barriers to barefoot trimmers. If you were to come in with an open mind, you couldn't go home and, and say that you didn't learn something. It's a collaboration, isn't it? It's such an amazing melting pot of incredible ideas here. It's wonderful. So, you're here and you guys are, are the stars of the show, so we come to see you. What is one thing you would love for all of us who are here at Equitana to take home? What's one thing that you would hope we would take with us when we leave? Uh, 
I think it's about going home and, and realizing that this is all a journey. Uh, same for David, myself, that we're continuously learning and wanting to improve in what we do and, and how we approach that horse. And it's about uh, continuing being open to learning. I think you can never know enough. And once you get to a certain uh, level, you realize how much you don't know. And I think that's really important is everybody has something important to take away from. You'll, there'll be someone that you like what they do and there'll be something they don't like and it's taking away what works for you. And there are so many methods and trainers. It's, it's being open to learning and then treating that horse like an athlete. A horse that has feelings, emotions, physically, no different than a human. And it's how do I get that horse to love what it does? Okay, you watch David's horses out there on the night show. They genuinely love doing that performance. You get a horse that loves to be in the ring, you can't beat that, whether it's a, a western horse, a jumper that I do, or a demo horse. I've, when my demo horse goes in that ring, he lights up the atmosphere and he just wants to be the best version of himself. And as a trainer, that's what I'm trying to bring across to my horses. I want a horse to want to learn and enjoy what he does. So Equitana really incorporates that. Yeah, absolutely. Just just on that point with Vicky, there's nothing better as a trainer when you're working with a horse or you can take a horse to the level uh, that you see here, whether it's in our night show or in the demonstrations or through the, the, the different classes or the different high-end stuff you're going to see here. When a horse gives itself to you, that's the reason why we do what we do. And by that I mean when a horse is at a level where they are, where they are just saying yes to you and you're in sync with them, um, that's the reason why we do what we do and that's the stuff that really humbles me as a horse trainer. If you can find that in your horse, identify that in your horse. It doesn't happen every time, not even with the, with the best horses or the, the highest money earners, but when you, can, uh, when you can get to a point in a pattern or in a show where that horse is just absolutely um, one with you is, is one of the things that humbles me and it's the sort of thing that makes me get up in the morning and makes the hairs on the back of my, my neck stand up. So that's why I love what I do. I hope everyone goes home and if they have horses, treat them how they're meant to be treated and do good horsemanship with them and care about them when you go on the ring and do what they, they do, what they love and you treat them well. beat that. <laughs> um, oh, look, without repeating what everyone said really, um, what I see here is the level of commitment that everyone brings um, and if you can't go home from, if you've only got to walk down those stables there and see the time and the gear and everything that goes into it and it, yeah, it makes you want to lift yourself and think, well, well I'm trying to push the next level. Great, I'm going to ask the panel one more question. And then I'm going to get you guys to ask some questions. So have a think, because this is my one last question. You're a star. She's a star. Um, Bella is a star. What a wonderful young woman. Um, girl, okay. I know that you've changed a lot of horses' lives, and I know horses have come through, and you're learning a lot from them all the time. What's one thing that horses have done to change who you are? Like how has, how has a horse changed you and what it is you thought about life or who you are or something like that? Um, did I jump? Um, I think um, the horse that changed my life was a horse called uh, Rooftop Rocky. He's the hero horse of the show. He's 14 years of old, age now. I got him when he was a two year old when I was starting some horses in Cloncurry. Um, he's the reason why I can do what I do, the reason why I can put bread and milk on the table for my family. 
Um, and, and it's pretty cool that, that I can refine that down to a choice I made um, about that horse. And I've made a lot of mistakes on that horse. I got him early on in my career. But um, he's a horse that I'm extremely grateful for and he's a horse that I'm incredibly proud of. He's a horse that hasn't been that straightforward to train and I guess he's taught me self-belief. Because while we're in this together, a lot of it in our journey is an independence with our horses. You know, We've got to believe in our own program or we've got to learn from everyone. And then at the same time though, we've got to go and physically do it ourselves. So there's a lot of self-belief in a horse trainer that you've, you've really got to believe in your ability um, and believe in, in sort of what you're instructing with this horse and hoping that you're going to get the result that you're looking to achieve. So, Rocky, you're going to see him tonight. Uh, he's an Australian stock horse gelding. He's 14 years of age. Um, he's a sweetheart, and he's the reason why I am who I am. I've got a lot of my career to thank for him. In my world, um, they say you only get one good horse and one good dog in your career, uh, and I think I've had both of those. Um, so I think, hopefully that's not true and I get a couple, but I've got a lot, a lot of my, um, my career to thank for this horse, and I hope tonight when you see him that um, he can inspire you a little bit as well. I've had some uh, pretty amazing horses over my life, but uh, the first main show jumping demo horse was Showtime Girl. She was an off-the-track thoroughbred. Uh, that God broke a few jockeys' backs uh, before she was dumped from there, and then the first three home, uh, someone rang me up and said, "Hey, the lady's in hospital with a broken back. She'll never walk again. Uh, and there's this horse in the paddock that needs to be rehomed." Every single day for three months, she bucked, she reared. When it didn't work, she'd sit down and lie down on me, and you'd stop, hop off beside her. And when she got up, you'd jump back on, and she'd bolt and take off. Didn't give me one day off. And that horse went on to win more show jumping competitions than any other in my entire career. Uh, she went on to become Grand Prix champion of New Zealand, Puissance winner, you name it, she did it. And that horse, you could ride anywhere, bridleless, bareback. You could gallop it down the hill, around the hills, down the beach. She offered you freedom. And all it was about was understanding how she worked, getting inside her head. And even today, she's 19 years old and she's in my broodmare paddock. She still leads you, you don't need her. But that horse, when she went in the ring, she would die trying. Like, that was a fighter. She loved what she did. And she would go as far as her heart would allow. And she was a pretty amazing uh, mare. And she was only a tiny little 15-hand thoroughbred. Okay, we puissance to meet 82 bareback. It didn't matter what we did with that little horse. She gave me 100%. And it really shows you what these animals do for us, how honest they are, how hard they work. Uh, and we ask a lot of them. We put them through a lot of pressure, atmosphere, everything we do in life, and they can really reward us, and that's uh, pretty amazing. The horse that changed my life was my little miniature pony, Bullseye. I got him last year, and he's only two, and mum got him for me after Eka because mum thought that I wanted a miniature pony. And when I got him, mum said I was allowed to train him and he, he's got something in him that it's just, he's so fun to play with. He jumps really high and I play with him all the time. He's a really sweet horse. Um, I have a paint gilding that I brought as a, as a weanling and um, started him myself and he's now rising 15. Um, I cop a lot of flack for owning a paint. I've heard a lot of paint jokes. What's the world's smallest building? 
the paint horse hall of fame. It's a belter. But uh, I've had him for a long time. He doesn't do a lot anymore because, oh, well, I'm just on the road a fair bit, but I drag him out every now and then and do something with him. Um, he did me proud again this year. We went to Ecker. Um, David needed a lot of horses this year at Ecker. We, at Ecker. we had a big program. And he came to me and said, oh, I need a horse, Cootsie, that can uh, take a flag with a firework off the top of it and uh, shoot a gun off for um, a, scene, a stunt scene that we were doing. I said, oh, I probably, I probably do have the horse. And I brought him out, dragged him out of the paddock and looked at, you know, put a bit of a shine on him. And he came in there and all of David's horses live in work. They're, um, they're just, yeah, looking at a million dollars. And I dragged the old paint out of the paddock. And he did me very proud and I was very happy to have him. I love a good paint. <laughs> Questions from the audience? Hands? Yeah, I'd just like to ask uh, each one of you, who other than a horse has influenced you in your training? So person that has made a change in the way you train and has influenced how you feel? Um, I spent the, well, the majority of my time uh, in the cutting horse scene and um, rodeo roping and that kind of stuff. Um, I spent three and a half years with a man um, from down here in Uroa called Fred Johnson. He's uh, from southwest Texas in the States. He moved over here about 30 years ago. Um, he, at that point when I went to him, I kind of thought I had my program sorted. You know, I was at a, well, let's for lack of a better word, quite cocky. And I didn't think I had much more to learn. Um, he proved me wrong. In a big way, um, we, we clashed horns over a lot of things and then I started to open up and open my ears a little bit and shut my mouth a lot. Uh, and he just, yeah, he took me from, from here to there uh, and we're still great friends today. And yeah, Fred Johnson would, would be the man that Change my style uh, for the best. I've got a few people who have helped me be where I am now. Mum, Dad, my older sister Lucy, David, Tony, Cootsie, and a lot more people. So. <laughs> and a long way to go. I'm sure you're going to be influencing people in your life too. I'm glad that they're all here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, I, I won't name any people, but I, I guess um, in, in our world, the entertainment world, uh, it is, or it does, or it can get a little bit about ego and a little bit about confidence. Uh, and I think some of my mentors th that happened, or my, the, the best people that I look up to are also gentlemen as well. And that's something uh, in our industry that I really try to, I, I try to be that person uh, who's a gentleman um, alongside. If you win, that's great, but you want to be a gentleman as well, and that's something that I wasn't always, and it's something that I'm, uh, I'm always trying to work on now uh, in my career, and trying to set a good example uh, for young rising stars like Bella, um, so that they can, uh, I can help them on their path as well. I haven't really got anyone that I've really followed, or a certain method that I've done. I've had less than 100 lessons my entire life riding. Uh, and a lot of it is the horses taught me a huge amount, continuously listening to them, asking what's needed. Uh, I've been very lucky, I've had an incredible mentor for the last seven years with my horse body work. 
uh, with my sore horses and then again the horses taught me the rest, listening to their bodies and uh, how they work and what's going on has really been the influence uh, and I just hope I have many more horses that continue to teach me. One of the things I love about the stars of the show is people at elite level all have coaches as well. You're never too great to not have lessons in a coach. Another question? Anyone? They're all boring. <laughs> yes? Um, like when growing up, did you start like a young age riding horses and have you changed disciplines throughout? So I started riding when I was two, didn't start competing till I was 10 and I did a bit of everything, every type of competition possible and someone, I was very lucky, someone came to me at 16 and said, hey, I want to sponsor you a show jumping pony. If they had said dressage or eventing, that's where I would have gone. We couldn't afford a good horse at that stage, everything was a dangerous or somebody else's problem horse and so show jumping became the way for me. And then the starting competitions and everything else I've done since has just been a follow-on because horsemanship at its best is pretty amazing and it doesn't matter what discipline you go to, uh, there's some amazing horsemen out there. Um, good question. I've always been cow-horse-related, always cow-horse-related disciplines with, with all of our horses um, and it's something that I, that's, that's, where I'll, that's where I'll stay, that's where I'll live. Um, and then just from the entertainment side, we just keep we just keep pushing the boundaries and raising the bar, um, and that, that's one of the things where we like coming here because when we're the Equitana audience, when we look up into the audience, uh, which we'll do tonight, we, we're looking at our people. You know, uh, it's really great to come here. We do shows where we do sort of events. You know, thirty thousand people, thirty-five thousand people, um, and without being rude, it is a little bit easy to fool them. Um, because they're not horse people, you know, but here, these are our people, these are the people we want to impress, and you guys are harder, harder to impress, but we like that, because it makes us train a little more, ask a little more, raise the bar a little more, and that's the reason why we come to Equitana. I've been riding horses since I could walk, and mum and dad taught me all I know, and we, I didn't do much pony clubbing, Lucy did a lot of it because Lucy was growing up so we started camp drafting and challenging and that and it started to be something I like camp drafting because I like going fast. <laughs> so I'm glad mum and dad taught me all that. Um, I wasn't lucky enough to be born into a horsey family. Um, my father despises horses. So I had to beg, borrow, steal, ride push bikes, walk anywhere that I could go to get to get on a horse or do anything around a horse. Um, but all right, we, we have a cattle property, so I suppose I just gravitated towards that sort of Western world. Um, but I just want to go back to something David just said about um, performing to our people. Uh, one thing I would say doing some of the bigger shows we do to what we would call a metropolitan crowd um, the stuff that David does um, and can achieve with these horses is, is awe-inspiring and I find a lot of the time that is lost on those crowds. They don't appreciate the difficulty. They don't know the work that goes into it. They just go, oh, you know, polite clap. You know, when we're here tonight, you guys know how hard it is. You, you know, you've been there, you've done that, you've chased them around the pen and that's what I feel like tonight. You know, it'll be a great show and we love performing to this kind of crowd. Okay, you Any other questions?
go down here and then I'll come back here. So we'll do two more questions. What's your favourite moment you've had with horses? It's a great question. Um, I, I guess it changes. I mean, it changes consistently just with with regards to what, what we want to achieve, you know. Uh, for me, from a career, it was... Uh, you know, running second in the reigning maturity a couple of years ago, that was something that I, a goal that I'd set. So, the shorthand version would just be achieving goals, um, and because we're always pushing ourselves, our goals are always changing. You know, um, I'm sometimes criticised by my wife for not enjoying the moment enough and achieving something, and then not not appreciating that I'd achieved it, and then keep wanting to go forward and keep raising my expectations. But I guess it's. Um, it's an attitude like that that enables, you know, gentlemen like Rod Lockwood to continually make Equitana and bigger and better all the time, and to have 20-year milestones. Um, so I, I um, I'm a bit lost now. I've just sort of waffled off. I'm going to hand it over to you. There are so many moments, and it's like I love competing at the highest level competition. Going out, winning a World Cup, big Grand Prix, big Championship class is fantastic but I'm quite happily galloping down the beach on a, on a newly started horse riding out for a two-day adventure, riding through the wild horses. There is so many different elements to the sport and it's the competitive side of it, the training at home, the demos, doing the demo at home. I just did a fantastic one in New Zealand a couple of weeks ago and you go, okay, I'm already, I came out of there going, what can I do next year? How can I make it better? And then uh, competing at Road to the Horse 2017, 2018, uh, it was an amazing experience, and there are so many elements, being a horse trainer and a competitor, uh, that is amazing. You can't really just say, hey, this is the one. The moment that blew me away was when I got bullseye the day. Well, he was sitting in the paddock because I didn't help Dad feed up on the school days, and then on Saturday when I helped him feed up, I saw him, and um, that was when I took him out in the arena, and... He's just really fun to play with and he, he's got something in him that I really like about him and he's, he jumps really high and he's fun to play with. I don't compete as much as, oh well, I don't compete as much as, um, at all, but my um, proud or happy horse moments would be, well, they're probably quite personal, they'd just be at home. We might be mustering, things are going wrong, it's hot. You know, everything's sort of going to hell in a handbasket pretty quick. You just keep going, your horse keeps doing what, he's, what you ask him to do, um, and it might just be uh, you've stepped off to, to tie a calf or something, and if he walked off on you, you'd be left a long way from home, and you'd walk home and look like a fool, and you'd just walk back to him. and Just those little things, just the tiny little things for me is where I go, good on you, buddy, thanks for looking after me, I appreciate you having my back. And our last question. Um, what age were you when you knew what discipline you wanted to do and how did you know? Um, I, I, I grew up and went to uni, did a journalism degree because I didn't think that I could make a career out of horses. Um, so I sort of came to being a professional horse trainer late or later in my career. I'm, I'm 34 now um, and I didn't... I didn't know that it was something, I thought it was a fairly fickle industry or a hard industry if you didn't grow up with horses or you didn't grow up on a property that it was something that you could make a living out of. 
but I gave myself a, um, a five-year window about 10 years ago to sort of make an, make an impact on the industry. So um, my point to that is it's never too late. If, if you're passionate about something and you, and you want to work hard enough for it and you just want to grind on your craft and grind on, 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 on the thing that excites you, it's never too late. Um, it's never too early or it's never too late. It's never too early, Exhibit A, Bella Southern, um, and it's never too late, I guess, uh, I'd be the, the, the second exhibit to that. Yeah, so it's a lifetime journey and it's how do you become the best version of yourself and then how can you share your knowledge so the next generation can come through. And there is an amazing young generation. We have an academy at home and it's about sharing what I know so their journey is easier. Okay, We were always knocked down with rules and everything we didn't know and the mistakes you make the horses that you don't bring to their for full potential are the ones that actually teach you the most. And it's trying to, as long as we're open to learning and improving and, and we come here and you watch David work, you watch the Dan's work and you always go home a little inspired, I'm going to go home to my training program and I'm going to do something for next year. And It's just about, to me, I'm never going to know enough and I'm never going to be good enough and I just want to keep upping that, uh, that dream and the goal. And, I dream way too unrealistic, like way up in the clouds. And we were, we were taught to, there is no no. We can never be not good enough to always go and chase those dreams and anything is possible as long as you put in the hard work and a little bit of sacrifice and really want something, that anything is achievable. The question was, what age were you when you got into your discipline? How early did you begin? <laughs> Eight-year-old Bella, nine-year-old Bella. I started riding horses since I could walk. I didn't really have a choice to ride a horse or not. Um, I'm glad mum and dad told me that I could. It's really fun to ride a horse, actually. It's funner than sitting in front of a TV in the, in the house. You could just go out and ride. You see new things every day in a horse. Like, I watch Dad breaking his breakers, and I ask him a lot of questions, and it's, yeah. You really are never too young. I, um, I went to ag uh, agricultural college after I left, um, after I finished grade 12. Um, and to be honest, I had more people in my life telling me not to go down the horse path. You know, it was get a real job, come on, what, you know, when are you going to stop playing cowboys and start making some money? Um, I don't know at what point, I, I don't think there probably was a point that I just thought, well, I just, I just was ignorant, I guess, and I kept doing what I wanted to do. But I made a decision somewhere along the line that I decided I'm not going to be rich, I'm going to be happy. Um, and that's just, yeah, what, the way I've gone with it anyway. Beautiful. And we've got to get our stars to their next event. So thank you so much to everyone for coming and please give a hand to these amazing people. If you'd like to get in touch with anyone on the panel, you can either follow the links in the show notes or you can go to the blog on my website where you can also see photos of everyone that I took on the day of Equitana. It's at comealongfortheride.com.au. I'm on a mission to create a community of gentle and ethical horse people so that their horses all over the world can live a better life. This is a big mission with a wonderful message and it needs your help. 
If you enjoy this podcast and would like to join me on my mission of making the world a better place for horses, please engage with me somehow. You can leave a review on iTunes or Facebook, share or comment on social media posts, or tell your friends about the podcast. You'll find all the links to our social media on our website, comealongfortheride.com.au. We are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and you'll find me on LinkedIn. If your friends don't know how to podcast, send them to my website and tell them to hit play. It's the most user-friendly way to listen for anyone you know who'd love to listen but isn't quite sure how. I'd also love it, really love it, if you get in touch and say hi. Let me know who you'd like to hear interviewed on the podcast. I have some wonderful people lined up to speak to, but this is your show as much as mine. So please, if there's anyone you'd like to hear from, get in touch via the website or social media. If there's a topic you'd like me to cover, if there's something you'd like me to research more and really speak about at length or even just in a short way, let me know. I'd love, love, love to serve you guys more. Anyway, thanks again for listening and I'll catch you next time on Come Along for the Ride.